Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lights, camera, Lauren Jabara. I think this team has so much talent, and I think that you put them up seven games against any team, like anything is possible, right? So I could see this team going far in the playoffs. Welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. And by the way, if you have not done so, please subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rate and review if you're enjoying the show, which we obviously hope you are. Uh, today, we're welcoming in Valley Sports Southeast sideline reporter Lauren Jabara. Gave that one away with my opening line. Um, and Lauren is a little new to Atlanta this season, but of course y'all are familiar with her work if you watched Hawks games this season, which I'm betting you've watched quite a few. Um, Lauren and I have become fast friends and she's awesome in general, but also at her job. And I figured it would be good to have her on as a guest so you guys can get to know her better. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about the Hawks, obviously, who again collapsed in the second half in Boston Tuesday. And so they they fall to, to 29 and 32. Um, so we'll talk a little bit of basketball, but also a lot about Lauren and her job and just some of the insight that she can provide. So without further ado, let's welcome in Lauren Jabara. Lauren, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. This is so exciting. I know. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to come on the podcast. I've loved listening to it. So it's exciting to be a guest. That's so, oh my gosh, I'm getting such a kick out of it. Whenever anyone says they listen to the podcast, I still get such a kick out of it. Because we're new. I know, and it's but it's awesome. Everyone that you've had so far has been incredible. Just the knowledge and the information that you give and the way you connect players with fans, it's amazing. It really is. Thank you so much. And obviously you're a natural with that microphone sitting in front of you <laughs> because of what you do. Definitely better with the mic than I am. But I wanted to ask you, just to start out, like how is your first season covering the Hawks going? It's been great. It really has. And it was kind of a whirlwind because I accepted the job and then moved here. And I think the official day that I got here was the day before the first preseason game. And so it was kind of a whirlwind. I was like moving boxes into my apartment and also prepping for the Hawks game and trying to like learn names of, of my coworkers and meet everybody. So from then to now, it's just crazy to think that was already like four or five months ago. Just how the season's been going. It's been, it's been great. The team's awesome to work with. I have amazing coworkers. The coaching staff has been phenomenal. You, uh, oh. Chris, like everyone <laughs> that, that we're surrounded by, they're, they're just all awesome people. And I'm so, you know, fortunate and lucky to be here. How is it working with Bob and Neek? Oh, it's awesome. Two characters. <laughs> We've had Bob on the show. Bob was our um, second episode. And he's, I, th I just think, 
I, I think even just watching the like the the team broadcast, people can probably see how awesome Bob is. He's just like he's mentored me in a lot of ways, and he's wonderful. And then Neek is just like such a character and such an awesome guy. But um, you're actually like you know legit coworkers with them. Like I interact with them a lot, but you're probably more on the inside. How, what is it like? <laughs> the inside. What is it like scoop. having Bob and Neek like in your ear? Yes, <laughs> it's one. It's awesome. Um, I'll start with Bob. Just he's just a wealth of knowledge, and and he really has, especially when I first moved here, helped me transition into like because I came from hockey in yeah. in Denver, and so going from hockey to, to NBA. He helped me transition kind of into the basketball space, learn the team, um, some history of the Atlanta Hawks organization and franchise in general. And Bob is like an encyclopedia. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And so and he was really, really knowledgeable and awesome just helping me like transition into the NBA space and transition into the Atlanta Hawks space. And since then, he's been an awesome mentor for me. Anytime I have questions, you know, I can ask him and he'll always be there. Um, and then Neek is just a character. Neek is like one of the genuinely nicest human people I've ever met. He's just a sweetheart. He's just a sweetheart. Like one of the nicest humans I've ever met in my entire life. Anything I need, if I ever needed something, I could call Neek and he would be there in like two seconds. And then also just like sitting there and listening to the stories that he has from over the years. It's like, I could sit there and just listen to Neek talk for literally hours and hours and hours because he has so many stories from back in his playing days and then like early broadcasting days and even like now just stories about when he played and him you know crossing paths with guys that he played against who are now broadcasters in the league it's just so much fun to listen to his stories and and hear about back in my day I always joke around (laughs) with him I'm like Neek another back in my day story okay well I'm here for it let's do it but they're both awesome to work with and it's it's been phenomenal can you think of one of the best stories Neek has told you? Oh, oh my gosh. There's so many. So one of the ones recently that just stands out to me was um, before the All-Star game. Obviously, they have the dunk contest, and Neek, yeah, yeah. Has, Neek has done the dunk contest right, many a times. Right. And, and he, so, he coached, did he coach in the celebrity game? Yes, he coached it? in the celebrity right. game this year, too. Um, but I just asked him, I was like, Neek, when you used to do the dunk competitions back in the day, did you practice your dunks? Like, are you out on the court, like practicing? Yes, I'm going to do this exact thing or this exact dunk. And he said, no, like he didn't practice at all. He would just go out there and just make him a dunk on the spot in the dunk contest. Oh, so he didn't even know a plan of what he was going to do. That's what he says. Yes. Yeah. Holy cow. I can see maybe not going through it 10 times, you know, before, because you don't want to overthink it. But I, I'm very impressed if he like had not even get, thought I know. what he was going to do. It's like seriously crazy. He's like, yeah, I just went out there and just did what I do. And I'm like, I love that about you, Neek. I love that about you. I love the confidence. <laughs> it's that's, the best. That takes confidence. <laughs> um, so for people who I, I'm really, really pumped to have you on, because um, obviously we're a good portion into the season and you've been around for a while now, Mm -hmm. but you're still, you know, relatively new first, first season here. And I think, you know, listeners are going to be really excited to get to know you more and hear more about you. So for people who don't know, can you kind of walk us through like your background? I know you're from Michigan. I've heard some go blues on the broadcast (laughs) here and there. Um, and then I know before this, you were in Denver doing hockey, right? Mm -hmm. So I started out, um, I grew up born and raised a little bit North of Detroit, actually Auburn Hills where the Pistons used to play. Oh, right. Um, And my parents still live there. So it's nice to, we were going home in a few, going back to my home in a few days. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. I got some, my parents, a couple tickets to the game. So they'll be at the game against the Pistons. Oh, that'd Um, be fun. But yeah, so I was born and raised in Michigan. I went to 
University of Michigan, uh, graduated back in 2015. And then from there, I got like super lucky. And I was working with the Detroit Pistons actually right out of college. I was their in arena host and digital reporter. And I would do stuff for them and the Detroit Red Wings. And I also had my own radio show there on a country music station. Wait, stop. I know. Tell me more about that. <laughs> I can't let so that I had my own weekend show on a country music station. And I would like talk in between the songs. And I'm like, you're listening to 99.5 WYCD. And I like hosted a country music four hour show. So it was like show. sports. It was like a country, it was a country hour? Yeah, it's like a country four hours. Stop. Four hours of Wait, country Wait, that's cool music. though. But you also sing and play guitar. Yes. Yes. For fun. Mm. It's like a good outlet for me. Um, yeah, sing, play the guitar, piano, and violin. Fun you fact. Piano was an, and violin. It was an orchestra for like 12 years of my life. So. This is so funny because Jay and I have had a joke for the past the past few weeks that like before we enter the mailbag, we need some like dramatic music. And I keep saying <laughs> I want an orchestra. So maybe next year we'll I'll, get I'll hook you guys up we'll with my violin instruments. It might be a little like like squeaky. <laughs> I, I haven't picked that violin up in a couple years now. So I don't better, know how good that would be. Better than what we could do. <laughs> um, yeah. So I ended up working there for four years. And then in 2019, I got an opportunity actually more on the television side in Denver for the Colorado Avalanche. And then I was also doing stuff for MLS, Major League Soccer, for the Colorado Rapids out there. And so I moved out there and that was my gig for two and a half, three-ish years until this job opened here this past October. Um, so it was so crazy. Like I was going into this fall, it was like early September and I'm like, okay, I'm here for another year with the abs and perfect. Sounds great. And then all of a sudden I, I got the call from Bally sports here and they're like, yeah, we want to bring you down here for the Atlanta Hawks role. And it was just like such a quick turnaround. So I got the job, signed the paperwork and was down here like eight, nine days later. It was so quick and like not in a lot of time to process. So um, yeah, after spending two and a half, three years in Denver, I moved here and have been here since October. So that's kind of like my backstory profession wise. Um, back in Detroit, I also like did sideline stuff for ESPN three for Oakland University men's basketball oh, Horizon League. Let's hey, go. There you go. Um, yeah. So it was I got like a, a bu- experience doing a bunch of different jobs back in Denver, which I think helped me grow for my job in Denver or Detroit, which helped me grow for my job in Denver, which in turn helped me grow for my job here. And it's just all been a big learning growth process, which life is, right? So, yeah. Well, what have you learned? Uh, About myself or work-wise? I think I learned professionally how to carry myself and um, how to be a better writer, how to be a better storyteller throughout the years. And then just personally, I I feel like you grow the most when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when you're comfortable, it's really easy to be complacent. Mm -hmm. When you're uncomfortable, it challenges you to grow. And I feel like the move, well, first of all, just being in Detroit after college and and doing so many different things, whether it be country music or I also taught workout classes too. I was a bar instructor you for six years. You do have a Peloton. Yes, and I do have a yep, Peloton. I yep, do love that adds working up. out. I know. <laughs> um, so I think just like having such a broad, you know, spectrum of jobs in Denver in Detroit really helped me grow my skill set in that way. But then moving to Denver was the first time I really lived away from home. Mm. And that challenged me to make new friends, to really step out of my comfort zone. Um, it was my first technical job on television and traveling with the team. And so I learned a lot about, you know, how to carry myself and, and just 
being alone, I feel like I always like surrounded myself with people Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of time to just be in my own head and like just reevaluate. I'm like, wow, like this is my life. This is really happening. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And then moving here again, it was, I was very comfortable in Denver and I loved my life there. And when I moved here again, it was like you step out of your comfort zone and you have Mm -hmm. to grow so much. And like there was a time here where it was really, really tough. I was dealing with a lot of like anxiety of just moving to a new city. And again, like finding that new routine and feeling very alone. I didn't really have many friends here when I first moved here. So thank you for being my friend. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anytime. <laughs> I appreciate you. But it was just, it's, it's a huge learning experience and growing experience of, you know, dealing with, with anxiety and, and, yeah. and also like working in a very like high, like intense job where you're around people all the time and you always have to have high energy. And so it was a balance of like learning a lot about myself and, and how to handle that kind of a thing too, which was, which I feel like it's been, it's been a huge growing experience and I've appreciated it. Yeah, of course. And I, I've, I've always kind of wondered about that because it is a job where like you're very visible. And I've always wondered like, if you, where, where are you now with like, if you, if you mess up, which we all do, like <laughs> I'm, I have up. a typo and then I'm like, gosh, I know how to spell the word and <laughs> like it was just, a, you know, you just accidentally invert something. Do you ever, are you at the point now where you're like, have you gotten kind of that to the point where like your, your confidence is at a point where that doesn't rattle you? Or is that something where like that gives you anxiety too? Cause I know that could be yes, tough. I think for a while I cared so much what other people thought. Yeah. yeah. And Twitter and, and Twitter Instagram and Instagram can be, exactly. They could be a dark place. And I think that I got my first taste of it in Denver when I was really like in, in a television space. And I just like keep reminding myself it's, I'm not here for me. I'm not here to like be seen. I'm here to tell stories of the players and the coaches yeah. and the team and the mm-hmm. franchise and that's my favorite part about my job is being able to be like this bridge or this vessel. And I feel like you probably feel the same way being able to tell the stories of the players to the fans and then also be able to relate the fans and like their love for the team back to the players. I think that's the coolest part of the job is just being that vessel and telling those stories. And so I feel like at the beginning, I really struggled with like image and self image Mm -hmm. and like caring what people think. And the deeper you get into it, you just realize like, that's just not important. It's like, you realize the important thing in your life is your family, your friendships that you surround yourself, people, the friendships that you surround yourself with, the people around you, um, the relationships that you're cultivating and the team and the stories that you're able to tell. And I think when you like root yourself and ground yourself in the things that are really important, Mm -hmm. all of that other fluff kind of starts to fade away. Um, And so I wouldn't necessarily say it's like, yeah, my confidence is at an all time high, right? It's more, it's more like a mental shift of like rerouting yourself and what's important. And let me tell you, like you get tweets every now and again and like, they don't make you feel very good, but then you get some of the good ones. And so you try to hold on to like the good things that people are saying and just remember why you're there and and why you're doing your job. And it's to be the storyteller for the team to the fans. Have you been able to get to know the players on the team or do you feel like COVID has limited that at all? I feel like, Honestly, this year it's been because I had the experience last year, too, of COVID, of being with the team. And before I was traveling with the Colorado Avalanche. And then last year, I mean, you know how it was, too. Everything was through Zoom. Zoom. I never want to do a Zoom again in my life, by the way. I'm so done with Zoom. So done with Zoom. I know. So that was really difficult last year, um, trying to get to know some of the new players on on the Avs team. And I feel like this year we've had quite a bit of access besides like the three weeks in December where 
you know, COVID was breaking out on the team and across the world too. Um, so I feel like I've gotten to know a lot of the guys, especially at like shoot arounds and, and being able to travel and just like learn about different people's stories and how they got to where they are and, and try to share those stories with the Hawks fans. So I actually do feel this season, like I've gotten to build a lot of really good relationships with players and coaching staff and, and be able to tell those stories in that way that maybe necessarily last year, I wouldn't have had the access to be able to do. Um, and so that's been a real, made it a lot easier of a transition than if I transitioned last year during COVID, if that makes sense. That is something that I wanted to to follow up on because I can't imagine like, um, so my first year on the beat mm-hmm. was when everything was normal. My second year got cut short because of COVID. COVID. And then, uh, you know, the then everything kind of happened with a shortened season and Zoom and then everything happened with that. Or Well, my first season was the one that got cut short. But then, and then the second one was completely Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I got the full-on experience for a little bit there. But, like, I don't know. Do you feel like – I feel like the best stuff that I get or the best relationships that I build are when you're actually able to, like, sit next to someone yes. on the – you know, like, when the Braves were playing in, in the World Series, you're able to, like, go sit down next to Kevin Herter and, you know, Ian Anderson and him are friends. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, hey, did you see that? Did you see that last night? Like, do you feel like – when that is missing, you know, I, I don't know. What's, yes. your, what's your experience? I that? totally agree with you. And I feel like that's the same with every relationship, not just like necessarily like reporter player relationship, For like friendships, sure. like Societally. everything. Societal relationships. <laughs> Let's get really big. <laughs> Let's really get broad here. <laughs> right. Um, no, but I, I truly do feel like that. Like when you're able to just sit down and have a conversation one-on-one with somebody, like that's when you build and cultivate those relationships. And I feel, especially on the road, we've been able to do that because we have so much access at shoot around on the road especially just being able when the guys are done shooting like and they're just sitting there untying their shoes and putting on their slides yeah. with the socks <laughs> right <laughs> which I still love like the socks with the slides are such an athlete thing it it's feels great. kind of like like I remember doing that playing soccer yeah back in the That's day like the closest I'll ever get I know back <laughs> in our glory days of right, playing soccer right 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 <laughs> um but that's the time when you build those relationships and you can just sit down and yeah talk basketball but just also talk like life like how was your all-star break what did you do oh you saw family how was that you know because you know the season gets busy and it's like Game day, not game day. You kind of lose track of even the days of the week. And you probably know that too from traveling. It's just, it gets tiring and it's crazy. And I can only imagine, like, I'm not even doing physical activity doing it. We're just doing the traveling and the watching. I ask that, you know, sometimes like when you're just having casual conversation with the guys, which I think is important because you don't want it to all be so transactional. Mm -hmm. Like we're all people. It's good to just like chat and have, have conversation. But sometimes I'm like, I'll catch myself saying like, oh yeah, I'm a little tired. And then I'm like, hold up. <laughs> I need to not, I'm not even playing NBA games yeah. right now. Rewind. Just, yeah. Just kidding. I'm really energetic. How are you? <laughs> no, but actually, how are you doing? Right. Because they, they're like having all this physical exertion on the court, which I know it's their job, but at the same time, it's like the traveling is a lot. The back-to-backs are a lot, like especially the home and away back-to-back, like we have Thursday, Friday. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, but I do feel like this season, it's been really awesome to get to cultivate those relationships just because of the access that we have and like kind of moving, you know, forward in terms of like, what's the new normal and exactly, exactly. And now recently it's, you know, masks are kind of easing a Mm -hmm. little bit so that it's like, you can actually see See people's faces. Yes. The darndest thing, (laughs) people's faces. And this is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. As you guys know, it's what makes all of this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber... You can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast and your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. Okay, let's go back to our conversation with Lauren Jabara. So tell me about, if you don't mind, the time when you were thrust into (laughs) play-by-play. Yes. When Bob went into uh, health and safety protocols. protocols. I remember Bob just like, because I was at that game in Philly and like Bob just gets kind of like pulled away and you're like, (laughs) where's the, where are they taking Bob? And then, and then like you kind of had to just, it was like, this was like minutes before the game. Mm Mm-hmm. 27 like, minutes before the game, to be exact. <laughs> 27 Not that I was counting. Minutes. It was 6.33 p.m. and oh. it was a 7 p.m. tip-off against, <laughs> against Philly. And I remember texting Phil. He's our EVS in the truck. And I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Here's this, like, picture for this story that I was going to tell. It was, you know, a story of, like, Trey Young walking on a treadmill because I think he was in COVID protocol all the time. And he was walking on the treadmill with, like, the Hawks playing on his TV. And I'm like, put this on. We're going to do a hit on this in-game. Like, show, like, Trey's, like, still staying in shape when he's in in protocol at his house. Um, And Phil goes, love that video. We got a bigger fish to fry at the moment. And I'm like, oh, what what is this fish that we're talking about? Is it salmon? Is it steelhead trout? Like, what fish are we talking about? And so all of a sudden he goes, Bob just tested positive for COVID. Um, He has to leave the building. He goes, you ready to do play-by-play? And I texted him back, and I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like, joking around, like, ha-ha. Like, yeah, definitely ready to do play-by-play. In your head, you're like, it's not a fish. It's a whale. Yeah, (laughs) this is is definitely – this is a whole beluga whale at this point. Um, And so I was like – okay, like, blah, 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 like, haha, you're joking. He goes, Lauren, I'm being serious, dot, dot, dot. Jill's, Jill, our producer, Jill Cook, is coming out to talk to you right now. And I'm like, I think right in that moment, like, you walked by me or something. And my face, is, I, I don't know my were, face, like, but. Just like what you, you kind of gripped the sides of, I just see you and you're, like, gripping the sides <laughs> of your chair. And I'm like, what just like, what's going on with Lauren? <laughs> and then I remember walking by and you were like, there. They're making me, I got to do play by play. 
<laughs> I was like, where's Ashton Kutcher? I am getting punked right yes, now. This is not yes. real. Because I feel like it was it was just happening so quickly. It was 27 minutes to tip off. I was like trying to get just my thoughts together. I was just, you know, it's just going from one thing to completely doing something else. And I've never done play-by-play before in my life. Not a yeah. single time. But it was such a fun, incredible experience. And Neek was actually in COVID protocol at the time, too, because he had close contact, a family member, and tested positive or whatever. So he wasn't even on that trip. And so I was doing it with Brian Oliver. And Brian helped to, like, hold my hand and carry me through. But it was just such an incredible experience. And Kate Scott, actually, who is the Philly 76ers Mm play-by-play. It was the first ever time in a regular season game that two women did play-by-play in an NBA game, which is super cool. I just got chills. It was, oh my gosh, you actually do. I did, look at that. It Here's was amazing. It was amazing. So when you're doing play-by-play, you have this thing called like your boards, which are all the players' names printed out, their stats for the season, maybe some like background info on them. And so when you're doing play-by-play, you do your boards for every game, um, especially with the other teams. Like obviously, you know, your own team. Oh wait, but you didn't have that, I right? didn't have that. Because I remember because this because Bob, Bob forgot took, to give it. Because yeah. he took his because he was like, no, these are like unsanitary. I don't want to let, I don't know. Oh like, gosh. So I think he, everything just happened so fast. He was packing up his stuff and whatever. And so Kate printed, had her producer print out her boards for me. So like the, the competition is Kate. printing out her boards to share with me and so it was really nice and it was incredible and and Travis Schlank came on our broadcast and then we had DeAndre Hunter was still out at the time with his wrist and so he put a headset on on the bench and came on during the fourth quarter and it was just like such a team effort like Garen and Steiny and the PR staff getting us such so much access to our GM a player Mm -hmm. on the bench Mm -hmm. like just to help us like me and Brian out and it was just it was definitely a day I'll never forget I remember waking up that next day and calling my dad and I'm like oh my god dad that happened last night and he goes that happened Lauren like that was (laughs) so awesome yeah that really hit home I cried when I got back to my hotel room that night I will say I let out a couple puppy dog tears but I was just like so overwhelmed with emotion and so grateful and so thankful for the opportunity to to be able to do that and also you know now I just have so much more respect for Bob and anyone else in the play-by-play analyst position because that's a Tough. tough job it is a tough job I love that. I want to get your take on just uh, to get a little bit more basketball e. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to get your take on the team this season. Obviously, some ups and downs, and it's kind of crazy. But only twenty one games to go. At this it point. is crazy thinking only twenty one games because you feel like you go into All Star break. And then you come out and it's like, okay, we have the second half of the season, but the second half is only like the last third of the season, right? you know, because right. um, it's only 24 games. But right. yeah, so far through the season, I thought that, I mean, just watching this team, they have so much potential and so much capability. And I think it's just tough. Some of the breaks that they've caught, obviously at the start of the season with a couple of guys coming off of injuries and maybe they weren't necessarily at a hundred percent and then feeling like they kind of got into their rhythm in November and early December and then boom, COVID hits. Right. And then you kind of see like guys trickling in and out of the lineup. There was one point, what there was like 13 guys on the COVID protocol list. And of course, like the Hawks, the Hawks really did get, even saying this subjectively, like mm-hmm. the Hawks really did get kind of shafted there because yeah. they 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 changed the rules right after. Mm-hmm. You know, so they didn't get any games canceled I know. from their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the only game that got canceled was because Cleveland couldn't necessarily form a team. Oof. It was like December 18th or 19th or something like yeah, that when they only had seven players. Um, so that was crazy. And then I, I think like – coming off of that I remember talking to Trey Young and you were in the room too and he said yeah like you walk into the locker room and look around and you're like 
who are my teammates right now? Ooh, yeah. And so they're Hi, trying nice to, to meet you. I'm Trey. Exactly. They're trying to win games against good teams that are in the top six mm -hmm. during that time. And that's tough when, when you're running out of time. Mm -hmm. um, and then you come back and you kind of get your rhythm going again once all the players get back. And then John Collins gets injured, right? So I just feel like, and, and now Onyeka, like who knows his status heading into yeah. tomorrow, which hopefully he's doing okay. Um, I know he had some concussion symptoms and came out halfway through the last game, but mm -hmm. It's just it's a, it's a tough blow when you can't have everybody together building that chemistry because this team is full of so much talent. It's just finding that consistency, which I know is a big word for Nate McMillan. Consistency is like the buzzword. Yes. <laughs> consistency or, or lack thereof. Yes. Um, so I actually have like a super specific question for you about sideline, about sideline reporting stuff. How do you go about it? I've always wondered this, like when a player is walking off the court mm -hmm. and obviously then you kind of come onto the court a few feet to do your interview, like let's say it's halftime or post game or whatever. Um, are they out of breath? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, do you give it, do you like get, do you have a few seconds? Cause obviously like I'm kind of like, you know, busy or like working. So I'm not, you know, watching every, every second of it. And I can't watch the broadcast cause I'm there in person, yeah. you know? Um, so like, do you, do you ever say like, you can take a few seconds? Yes. Take, <laughs> yeah. I think for the most part, um, so, so if I grab a guy off the bench, they're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes though, like you grab a guy that was just like <laughs> running down the entire court for like a layup or a dunk to end the quarter and to go into halftime and they come up and they're like sweating yeah. and whatever. And usually, you know, Garen, Steiny, Billy, our PR staff will grab a towel and toss it at the guys. And so they have a towel they can like wipe off. They have a second, but I, I think that they just want to like get in and out of there because yes. if you think about it and I think about this too, I'm like, if I am doing this hardcore hour long workout or I'm running on a treadmill and I get off of it, is the first thing I want to do to have someone ask me questions? I yeah. said, probably not. How did that you go? Know? How was your Peloton like, workout? <laughs> you know, like sucking wind a little bit. Um, right. So I understand like, like I, I do it because I want to, you know, know what they're thinking and adjustments on the fly, et cetera, et cetera. But I also understand and sympathize with the fact that you've just been running around for 24 minutes, straight minutes, basically, and you're winded and you want to just get back in the locker room, get some electrolytes, get a little bit of treatment mm -hmm. and get back out there. And so we do make it quick for the most part. I remember one time, though, we were in Orlando and I felt so bad because so usually if our PR staff doesn't grab a towel, I'll grab a towel and toss it because like you're sweating and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> John came up to me for an interview and I asked John him. John Collins. Yeah, John Collins came up to me for an interview and I asked him the first question and like I'm relatively short I'm five three and three quarters five four in a good day okay <laughs> um but I but I'm relatively short and these guys right. are relatively tall yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I'm asking a question to John Collins and I like lift up the microphone he like leans over to answer the question like oh no did he sweat so on you oh sweat. my gosh I, mean, I felt so bad that like during the second question he like put his chin like in his shirt and was like leaning over because I think he felt bad I said next time John I'll grab your towel I'm right. so sorry. And you can't really react in the moment, yeah. can you? Because it's live. No, so you, you can't. can't. You can't but, make a face so, and be like, yikes, Totally. Man. I know. So at the end of the interview, like on camera, I go, I'll grab you a towel next time. And he goes, thanks. I appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> my like, gosh. Cool. That's great. That's like the perfect guy for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, Because he's so like lighthearted. Yeah, absolutely. So so it's just kind of like timing and, and knowing that. But yeah, sometimes I give the guys a couple seconds because they're like sprinting hard and they go up for a layup and they're like sucking wind a little bit. You got to give a second. 
second or two before that. Right. So. You got to give them a minute to yes. be human there. Yes, absolutely. Is sideline what you always wanted to do? Because I know you done you did a few, like we talked about, you did a few things before yes. landing in that. Yeah. So I still don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. You don't life. know what you want to be when you grow yes, up. Yes, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I love a little bit of everything. I truly love sidelining and I really do. It's so funny because even in college, I was a neuroscience major. I thought I was going to med school. Get like, out. You were you, a neuroscience major? I was major? a neuroscience major. I didn't finish the major. Okay. So I ended up getting my major in communications. But I took organic chemistry, Orgo 2, through my junior year. Like that halfway through my junior awful. year. Yeah. I know. That's why I didn't end up doing it with for the rest of my life. Impressive, though. Thank but, you. But dang. So I thought med school was like the path for me in college. And... I got through Orgo and Orgo 2, and I'm like, what am I doing? And yeah. I had this conversation with my dad, and I'm just like, I'm decent at it, but I'm I'm not passionate about it. I want to do something with the rest of my it, life that I love and that I'm passionate about. My dad's like, what are you passionate about? I'm like, well, people and sports. And he's like, what the heck? Let's give this a go. And I so I ended up switching my major to communications, finished that in like a year and a half. I did because I already had all the prereqs. I just needed like a lot of like the 300 and 400 level junior senior classes. So I took like spring semester, summer semester, ended up graduating on time with my major in communications. And my senior year is really when I started like digging into it with internships. I interned for like a local station in Detroit, WXYZ, which is an ABC affiliate and doing stuff for like Detroit Lions and Michigan, Michigan State football. And then uh, my first like real on camera job was I was a in arena host for the Grand Rapids Drive at the time, which is now the Grand Rapids Gold. It's the it was the Pistons G League team. Oh, at the time okay, and okay, now okay. they're the Nuggets G League team right. um so that was their inaugural season was my senior year and so I would drive to Grand Rapids which is like two and a half three hours like three nights a week to do this in arena hosting for like 2,000 people that were there at the Delta Plex but that has to be the best experience yes, it was though. great as far as like boots on the ground experience yeah. yes like that's probably the biggest advice that I you know give absolutely to students if I'm like at all qualified, which is like as much. Boots, <laughs> You're more than qualified. As much. Well, so are you, because as much boots on the ground like experience you can get, mm-hmm. it, that's what makes the difference. Absolutely. And so I think like full circle way of saying that, I kind of just rambled for a second, but I didn't even know in college that I wanted to necessarily do broadcasting, and then I started doing it, and I'm like, I love this. I could see myself, you know, doing sideline reporting for the rest of my life. I could also see myself hosting a show in the future. At you would some be point. so good at that. Um, but you already kind of do that, don't you? Yeah, I host you, like a like a sports gambling show every morning, like five days a week in the morning through a company so you called have two Pixwise. Full time. Yes, two full-time, full-time jobs. jobs and it's super fun. So Lauren's fun. busy. She made time for us. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I would always have time for you. But I like just like doing things all the time. Yes. And I'm really yes. bad at just sitting still yeah. and just being, which is something I'm definitely working on because I feel like we all just need to be sometimes and have a cup of coffee and just enjoy the birds chirping in the morning. Mm. I really struggle like letting mm. myself just sit there. I'm like, okay, now what can I be doing? Okay, I need to do laundry or like I'm going to go run an errand or, you know. Right. So that's definitely something I'm working on. But um, so, no, sideline is not something I knew that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I would do it for the rest of my life. I love it. I love the storytelling aspect. I love working for the Atlanta Hawks and Bally Sports. Um, and I love the people that I've met. And so I want to keep keep grinding it out until and for as long as I can. Oh, my gosh. So I hate that this has to be my last question because we could talk <laughs> literally all day all long. Day. Um, but I'll get yelled at. So I got I to gotta keep it gotta keep it brief here. Um, I want to ask one more basketball question. What do you see for the Hawks the rest of this season? As much as is 
possible to mm-hmm. to give your take on because I mean a little bit of it is hard to predict. We don't know how John Collins is gonna mm-hmm. do health wise now on Yucca. We're not sure. You know Trey played through it, but he kind of banged up his ankle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so some question marks. Um, but what what are your thoughts on what they? are capable of yeah real, well we saw I feel like last season just watching what they were capable of especially the second half or second third of the season um them just really pick it up and there's 21 games left right and I know I think Trey has said it Trey Young said it Kevin Herter said it it's a game of streaks so you got to get those streaks going and that is about finding that consistency I can see this team it's going to be tough to get into the top six right now with 21 games left especially considering you just lost to Boston yes there's big games coming up um against tomorrow Chicago Chicago, and then Friday against Washington and and moving forward through the rest of the season so two big games coming up and I feel like those will be statement wins if they're able to get back-to-back wins in those two games and that could start something great for this Mm -hmm. team and who knows they could make the top six they're definitely going to make a play-in game knock on wood here but um (laughs) yeah knock on fake yeah knock on the fake wood on the table um (laughs) but definitely will make a play-in game I think this team has so much talent and I think that you put them up seven games against any team like anything is possible right so I could see this team going far in the playoffs um, making it past a play-in game going far in the playoffs doing kind of what they did last year it's just about clicking at the right moment and I think that they have the talent and capability to be able to do that it's just they need to find that consistency um, that Nate McMillan was talking about too that we've been talking about as well all season long yes this was amazing, Lauren. Thank you so much for Thanks your time. Thanks for having me. Seriously, I really appreciate it. And keep killing this podcast. It's been so much fun to listen to. It's so awesome for the listeners. And, and you keep telling the stories of the players and, and the staff, too. It's been awesome, Aww, truly. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Lauren. I thought she gave some great insight into her day-to-day and the team. And she's also just really fun to talk to, as you guys can tell. So really appreciate her taking the time to, to come on and talk with me and also just kind of share share a little bit about her life and job with you guys. I thought that was really fun. Um, so real quick, like Lauren and I chatted about, uh, the Hawks have another tough game coming up, hosting the Bulls Thursday. So that's actually like tonight, if you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out. Then they'll hit the road again playing in Washington, second half of a back-to-back Friday. It's a very road-heavy schedule down the stretch here. So their schedule eventually, after the Bulls and after Washington, um, they got a a few more tough ones. Eventually it lightens up a little bit, but it is very road-heavy, so that is something to note um, in this final stretch. Um, The Hawks had briefly risen to number nine in the East before that loss to the Celtics, so obviously – Still a very slim margin for error for them at number 10, which is the final slot for the play-in tournament. So please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share, obviously listen, all that good stuff. And we will have another episode for you Monday. And thank you guys again for listening to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. 
It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.